Hey folks, welcome to a podcast about Catholic things. This is Eric, the Ambassador of Common Sense, and I'm here with... Dan, the Ambassador of Nonsense. Welcome everyone. Welcome uh, back last... for another episode of, yeah. of the Demon Tapes, or whatever we're calling this. I've been calling them Screw Tape, but... The Screw Tapes! Um, <laughs> the Screw Tape Tapes. <laughs> the Screw Tape Podcast. I, I mean, there might be some sort of uh, copyright issue there. Uh, yes, so, that's true. That's true. We we can't really guess, call it that. We can't identify with. Well, when I when I uh, loaded it up to YouTube, I got a copyright notice, ah. and then a day later they dropped the copyright notice. So they probably looked into it and realized that we're not, yeah, according to whatever but, their standards are. Yeah, we still could be forced to change the name. And that's fine. Um, I mean, we're we're you know, we're not but out. Here's to, the thing: to step on anybody's toes. Um, <clears throat> we got a nut yet. I think like our third video banned from YouTube. Um, it's because we keep talking about COVID crap. Yeah, every time, every mention of COVID. I think one <laughs> of those. Uh, <laughs> you need to demonize our our voice whenever we say the word COVID. I guess that's what I should do, but I'm not. I refuse <laughs> that would just to do be that. Funny. <laughs> it's like, um, oh yeah, well yeah, we have the COVID shutdowns. <laughs> but a lot of people use code words and stuff to keep that from happening. But yeah, I don't, the beer you know bug. Uh huh. I'm not and doing so that. Forth. Okay, if they want to yeah. remove me, they can remove me. Yeah, remove like right I, now, I can't. <clears throat> I cannot load up anything to YouTube. We're in, wow, like, that's weird because I would have thought we'd have to be. I don't know, at least somewhat influential Bigger. before they would do right. that. Or, uh, you know, like, like yeah, I, I don't thought, know. I thought that it, the, like they weren't at the point of actually banning people from uploading, but, but they just like, okay, we're going to demonetize you or something like that. So you can't collect money from ads. No, they, they banned uh, videos and then they, they put me in jail for like two or three weeks. Where I can't upload anything, so I don't. Well, we don't have hardly any YouTube listeners anyway. So I've got beer uh, along with my coffee, and I'm raising the glass to you and saying congratulations. Okay. Um. Anyway, so here is the next uh, segment of the video of the uh, audio file which I found. In my apart in my house, which I had made an apartment, and right. so we're going to show you that, and then we'll see you on the other side with the news. Lust is almost a whole new ball game. We have been able to do more with lust than with any other weakness of the body. I think probably any other weakness at all. It is to humans the greatest of pleasures. Even their celebrated saints have said as such. Uh, but we've changed the way we use it over the centuries, and especially more recently with the use of technology. It, it opens all kinds of new doors for us. But Let's start with the old te- with, with with the old way of tempting them with lust. The old strategy 
if we had to walk a fine line, we get the females and the males interested in lust, in copulating together as early as possible. Uh, you know, very early adolescence, we would push and push and push, hoping that they would find a place and an opportunity to copulate together. Now, very often they would do this and then never speak of it again. And this put a sin on their soul that we could, uh, you know, hopefully make them kind of ignore, make them forget about, uh, so that they wouldn't discuss it in the confessional. But sometimes after copulating, the males and the females seem to draw closer together emotionally, which might be good or might be bad. But the point is that we didn't want them to draw so close together that they would end up joining together. So you get them to copulate, but not to join. Once they join, there's an odd thing that happens to the copulation. It no longer becomes something we can use. Or at least the, the act itself cannot be used because it no longer becomes a sin. It becomes the opposite of a sin. And we've been unable to figure out how that works. I don't know if you've ever, if you have any thoughts on what happens there, why it happens. Uh, once they join, copulation is uh, even encouraged by the enemy. So our goal was to make it so that they would copulate but not join. And usually in those cases, the best thing that could happen would be there are no physical consequences for the copulation. In other words, they would have sex and there would be no child conceived. Yeah. I don't know and, why copulation changes once they join, but another demon once observed because one of the strategies was to get them, especially the male, uh, could be led in this way to get them to stimulate themselves to the experience of copulation, but without a partner. This was a somewhat reduced experience of pleasure, it seemed, for the humans, but without any consequences. However, we found that the enemy had built something into the humans. Those who frequently engaged in this self-stimulation behavior ended up acting in a different way, as though they were depressed and less interested, and it became something that led them to seek out meaning elsewhere, outside of themselves, and they would often start looking for another to join with, not merely copulate. Right. Which we will get into soon because uh, I have later in in our strategy this comes up over and over again. But regardless, 
the lack of consequences is the most we can hope for, at least immediate physical consequences. And of course, uh, more recently within the past century, that's what happened with contraception. This was, this is one of the best things that have happened to us since the creation of mankind. Contraception has, in all of its history, it has still not declined in the number of souls that it sends to us. Right. Sometimes whole families. But the marvelous thing about this is that it keeps the family so small. And it uh, it joins with... It, it, it links up with sloth because it gives males the ability to, quote, start a family but takes away the members of the family it gives them less offspring which is always good for us the more offspring there are it's true that each one of those are a potential that we will end up obtaining but the enemy also might obtain them so we also haven't been able to figure out there is something about the existence of offspring itself that is bad for us and good for the enemy. The mere increase in humans seems to somehow be bad for us. Right. It uh, Both culturally and inside that little family that the males and females start, it would seem that the more offspring that are present, the less selfish we can make the males and females. So when contraception came about, uh, it was, we had males and females joining and yet not having offspring. It was, it, it kept both the male and the female so focused on themselves that they couldn't possibly consider the other in any kind of selfless way. And that sometimes could last throughout the entire life. But we did find that eventually the females, uh, the enemy puts something inside them that eventually they come to a point where they yearn for offspring. Sometimes we are able to convince them that a another creature would take the place of the that the offspring might have solved for them. So a, a dog or a cat will often substitute for offspring, especially if the male is completely unwilling to create offspring. Uh, we've found that the the other creatures that the enemy put here are good substitutes. Uh, the female will pour all of her, quote, selflessness into a creature that is of absolutely no consequence. It, when the creature dies, it's gone. There's no eternal uh, reality there. But the female will act like there is. And the female will act like the creature has all of the properties that the offspring would, as if there's... A, as if there's some uh, 
consequence of the love that she gives to it. But sometimes we're unable to convince her to that. She wants offspring. Um, but you know, sometimes that begins a, a down, uh, an inward spiral where she becomes less and less selfish. Uh, the male also will become less and less selfish. And eventually they become the type of family that produce many offspring that we simply cannot uh, capture. But not always. But not always. Very often the female will contracept in the beginning, finally decide that uh, their, their incomes would agree to an offspring and they would have to... Uh, they would not have to give up a whole lot in order to have the offspring. So they go ahead and have a single offspring. Uh, this isn't as bad as it sounds because usually, or at least often, the female will start contracepting immediately afterwards. Um, this makes that one offspring, sometimes two, the only offspring. And the female's attention is just poured into that one offspring. Uh, this makes the offspring spoiled. It turns the offspring into animals, into uh, to act like animals. Uh, when they get when they get all of the female's attention, and sometimes all of the males as well. But when, more often than not, the female give, puts all of her attention into the offspring. And the offspring who don't get all of the attention of the male, uh, they begin to, to dislike the male parent because the male parent often tries to discipline where the female uh, would, would fight him on that. And then it creates fights and discord within that family, sometimes even leading to uh, divorce, often leading to the male resenting the offspring and the female. It's worth noting that it's fruitful to encourage the selfish contraceptive attitude in young and recently married or recently joined couples. The longer that a couple who is joined puts off having offspring through the use of contraception, the more likely the offspring that they do create is to lead to these kinds of resentments that end in divorce and other uh, states right. favorable, favorable to our cause. Right. So any kind of pressure that we can put on the family, especially in the beginning where it's, it's normal to have this sort of pressure anyway, but if we could convince the both the male and the female that this sort of pressure is temporary, um, like financial pressure and their uh, a place to live, what they're going to eat, if we can make them question all of these things, especially during the first, say, five to ten years, it's to the point where they do contracept the entire time, uh, it, it gets much easier in the end to capture the entire family. Now, 
this was how it was going when we discovered pornography. Not just pornography. Ever since they were uh, creating images on on paper or on television screens, uh, pornography has been a tool. But with the use of these computers and the transfer of video imagery, it's we've been able to break into every family. If there's a male in the family, there is pornography. It's gotten almost to that point. There is no hiding from pornography for human males. Um, but even there, the way we use it has, has been kind of changing as of late. When, when it first came about, males who had grown up in the 80s, before the, the pornography, before the internet, um, would, because of how easy it was to obtain, would look at it and they would feel a great deal of shame. This often led to the males not using these sacraments that the enemy made available to them. They got to a point where they were so embarrassed by the sin of viewing pornography and self-copulating that they would not even discuss it with a priest or any of the church princes. This sort of shame would, would help us in many ways because they would begin to more or less lead two different lives. One where they uh, engaged in pornography, self-copulation, fantasy, and another where they tried to pretend to be the male that the culture had come to admire. Uh, they would try to split themselves emotionally and mentally and spiritually, and as we know, there can be no two people in one person. There's only one person, one body, and one soul, and when they try to divide that between us and between the enemy, we win every time. So that sort of uh, double life was always good for us, and it's the strategy that we sought mostly. Now, that's kind of been changing lately. The younger males in the culture today do not feel as much shame at the viewing of pornography and at self-copulation. They've, they've begun to talk about it openly to the point where they just consider it part of the culture and it no longer embarrasses them. So I don't think that was as good for us as the shame was the reason but is I said when it's not an embarrassment it becomes something that they can talk openly about avoiding they can talk openly about right psychological effects and without embarrassment and as long they as they can talk to their friends about saying I'm going to stop doing this right that's that's become a part of the younger conversation uh when they're with each other or in the 
and the uh, online relationships that they've been forming as, as of late. And of course, they are not as afraid to go to a priest and use the sacraments that the enemy made available to them. Uh, we are seeing, whereas we used to see a male, say, of 13 years old, engage in this, and sometimes we had him for the rest of his lifetime. Not once would he try to rid himself of that. Uh, now we see young males going back and forth. They would engage, we had them for a short while, and then they would go and see a priest, and they would be clean again. And it's really just a matter of timing. We don't have as much control over it as we did. But we can still use this to our advantage. Um, even, even though the second life is not a secret anymore, it still is a fantasy that they engage in. And we can keep them sinking lower and lower into that the same way we can with video games. As a matter of fact, when we combine it with video games, we can confuse some of the males as to what's real and what isn't. Um, and another good part about it is, is uh, as they view more and more pictures of the females, those pictures become unreal in themselves. They build up an expectation in the male of a female that he would want to uh, copulate with, which isn't real. The female that he's seeking doesn't exist. Uh, you talked about that the other day with... Uh, you talked about that in the last session with... And I, I, I don't remember what you were talking about, but the way a male will seek a fantasy type of expectation and never find it. But when, when the male cannot find the female that he expects, he gets less and less interested in joining at all. Um, as a matter of fact, what we're seeing sometimes is that the pictures that excite the male get more and more fantastic in their, uh, not, not just in what the females look like, but the other fantasies that are a part of the picture. Say what the female's doing when the picture's taken to uh, stimulate uh, fantasies such as um, females hurting each other or a male and a female hurting each other. Uh, eventually two females engaging in copulation and sometimes two males in copulation, which brings uh, homosexuality is something we'll, we'll discuss in a minute. But it is one of the stems that we've been able to uh, leech off of this whole pornography stream. One now, of the strategies that has also worked for us is to get the male interested in pornography if he is joined with a female because often the female for some reason that we haven't figured out although they're 
are many females that we can get interested in pornography is less likely to be interested. If the female finds out that the male is into pornography, often it's something that the male is, even though he may talk about it with his friends, is keeping secret from the female. The female will often resent this. And this can even lead to divorce, which can cause the male to become angry with the female and drive the male away from a position of trying to stop viewing pornography. It can drive the male to us by creating discord between the male and the female. Not only that, but even with males who have already joined the fantasy, the, 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 the fake female that the male continues to look at becomes less and less like the female that he's actually with. Yes. And he begins to resent the way that she looks. And that causes discord. Right. Um, and to, touching on that, we've, we've found that the longer, because of this pornography and because self-copulation has become so uh, so common that the, the there are certain times in the male's life that generally he is most interested in copulation uh, when he when he's very young and because of that, that was always the time that males started looking for someone to join with, or at least someone to copulate with, which often led to joining. But because of the pornography, he seems to wait longer and longer before looking for a female to join with. Now, the self-copulation is a huge part of that, but... Even in a male, um, there are certain we don't. There are certain things we don't understand about it in the in the way of emotional support. One of the other things that we don't have, we don't have bodies, we don't have emotions, so we don't understand what it is they are looking for. Now, with the with the self-copulation, we've been able to use the, the fantasy world that he creates for himself as a, as a, as a something, uh, a suitable, uh, substitute for what a, a real female would provide to him. But we've been unable to create a fake emotional support. So often, Males are looking for a female because they are still looking for emotional support, even though they found the physical uh, substitute for that. We can't find a substitute for that. But what we have found is that as they wait longer and longer to look for a female to join, they are staying with their parents for longer and longer. And it would seem that the female parents especially 
are willing to give males that emotional support that would commonly come from a, a female partner. So the males are looking to their female parents for that support. And we, because she's unwilling to refuse that, we've been able to keep the males living with their parents for as long as 30 years. Uh, this, this ends up creating a male whose entire life evolves around himself. Because whereas a female partner would require the male at least some selflessness, substituting that for, a, a, for the mother, he engages in selfishness to the extreme to where when he does finally break off from the mother, like because eventually she will die or just get too old to be what he wants her to be, uh, he's gotten into a lifestyle habit that that just would not, it wouldn't be possible for him to join uh, in any real meaningful way. Even if he's able to uh, engage in the sacrament, he's then then it's almost a given that they will contracept for their entire marriage because he's unable to move past himself. Um, this is especially delightful for us in frustrating the enemy's plans. The enemy planned right. it that the male would leave his male parent and female parent to join with the female. And we are frustrating that by getting the male to get from his female parent one part of what he should be getting from his his female that he's joined with and getting from himself another part of that. And since that can never right. be what he completely needs, it drives him further into our clutches. And often creates uh, tension between the male parent and the male yes. offspring. And eventually between the male parent and the female parent. Um, now, because this is happening more and more culturally, obviously the females are waiting longer and longer as well. Um, this has a physical effect that is sometimes to our benefit. Uh, first of all, the way the enemy made them, they, uh, they are healthiest when they begin uh, procreating at a young age. The longer they wait to start procreating, the the more physical consequences are there. Uh, the, the, it, it changes their bodies, it changes their shape. It does this with most women anyway, but it does so even more when they wait for a longer time. Um, so a female who has waited 35 years and this also goes back with the contracepting. Um, she tends to lose her, her, her girlish form much faster. And often because the male has waited for so long to create offspring, who has grown up, uh, who, who has turned his entire life into a self-serving thing, he looks at her now 
and it leads to more selfishness and more pornography and more fighting because it creates uh, discord between the two of them. Um, and there we've we found some other effects like the uh, the bre breast cancer and a couple of other physical problems seem to come to females who have waited a long time before they start creating offspring. But one of the other things when it comes to pornography, again, uh, which I've mentioned before, we're, and, and we're using this in, in entirely new ways now, is the uh, idea of homosexuality, where males copulate with other males instead of with themselves or with instead of with a female. I, this is, this is our greatest, I, I won't even call it a weapon. It's our greatest yes. advantage. Yes. Once, once they are at this point, uh, we rarely lose them because, uh, you know, the enemy gives these humans grace that we don't quite understand and we certainly despise for any number of reasons and we don't really have any way of controlling it but the the homosexual acts seem to uh, reject any grace that the enemy would have given him especially with the males um, the it's we find that the males we found a new way of making this happen now the males who are seeking females because we've this whole this whole session is about creating contempt in the society for maleness as we've been doing this more and more the females tend to reject common male traits and the males who are seeking females see this and seem to understand it, uh, it, it, it almost as an instinct. They see that the females do not like maleness, so they act less and less like a male. This, this Even was an the, achievement on our part from the sexual revolution in which we encouraged males especially, to see females in terms of sexual objects. Females, because of some instinct built into them by the enemy, began to understand this as a problem, and they began to view all males who acted male as predators who view them only in terms of their sexual desirability. Brilliant. Yeah. So the males now, no matter how male they are, begin to act like females. Uh, they culturally, it's now uh, unacceptable to act like a male. And the this sort of thing has brought about all sorts of uh, deviancy on the part of males who are, who are not uh, attracted to other males, who are not homosexual. Um, 
since no amount of uh, since no amount of sexual deviancy is rejected anymore, including homosexuality, even heterosexual deviancy begins to begins to, to, to wander further and further from its natural created use. Now, as of late, there's been a, a group faction of males who seem to understand this, seem to understand what's happened culturally, what we've been able to accomplish here. And they are fighting this, but it's wonderful because they're not fighting it on the church's battlefield. They're not using the tools that the church gave them to fight this. They're not seeing it the way the enemy wanted them to see it. Instead, what happens is they are viewing this, uh, this hatred of males as a reason for them to engage in lust, because what's happened is that uh, the same way the females saw the lust of a male as something to detest, the males begin to see lust as something to embrace. So instead of embracing maleness, they embrace lust, thinking that they are embracing maleness. In fact, their entire ego is linked to the, the sexual act. They boast to each other of their sexual feats. The more women that they can copulate with, the more they think they are male, and the more they reject homosexuality simply by engaging in sex. Now, there, there are other things like their combative nature that, that they revel in, um, but not in any sort of healthy way. Most of the men who are fighting this cultural uh, phenomenon of the hating of males are doing it in a way that brings them even closer to us. This was especially uh, brilliant it, in our planning of the sexual revolution. We have created a situation where the sexual revolution creates a grounds for enmity between males and females, and the males in their reaction against that enmity are returning not to the standard of masculinity that existed in the world prior to the sexual revolution, but rather to the standard of masculinity that existed in the sexual revolution. Right. It's wonderful. I, I don't quite know how this is going to... I, I think... We need to continue to push that for the males who are rejecting the, the they call it metrosexual aspects of, of culture. For those who are fighting that, we need to just keep pushing lust. And for females who are rejecting what we've done here, they need to see lust as maleness. Um, then we create two different groups within society. One group 
that hates maleness, one group that doesn't hate maleness, but they embrace uh, lust as maleness. Right. They they confused. Now now there are hardly any men, and it's uh, we have we're we're not sure how far we can push this, but it's doing all sorts of great things for us. There, there is, there is a small faction of people, and this goes back to this renewed interest in the old right. Now, when we brought about the new right, it, it kind of erased maleness from the right. Uh, the, the, the entire right is female. The, not just not just in the rubrics of, of how they follow it, but culturally, what's inserted into almost every right is uh, is not male. So it was, you know, the males lost interest in this very early in life. By the time they're 13, um, the males have no interest in going to the right. It has become because a they, cliche. They're unable to see the like, reality. Not even a cliche, but but a truism, a, a, a standard societal trope for a man when asked about church and things religious to say, that is my wife's thing. Right. And he leaves the, the, the raising of the offspring in religion to the female, which we know for absolute fact that when the females lead the offspring to the enemy, they usually don't follow. It's generally only when the males lead the offspring to the enemy that they follow. So, again, we're seeing entire families that give in to us and not into the enemy. But again, there's this renewed interest in the old right. The males uh, who are in that right, who, who attend this right, are rejecting contraception. They are rejecting pornography. Now, often uh, they still engage in pornography, but as I said before, uh, it's almost like a light on, light off. Uh, sometimes we have them on our side, sometimes on the enemy's side, uh, but they lean more and more towards the enemy and further and further away from us, as do their offspring, usually. Um, I think we could combat this once again by keeping the females from being interested, um, but one of the things that's beginning to help us is the we've been able to convince the princes of the church to ridicule these men as men, uh, also to ridicule their families as uh, as and describe them as animals, as as rabbits, for having so many offspring. Even even their their pope is now uh, ridiculing them for not engaging in contraception. Now, so far we've been unable to change the church's stance on contraception. We think maybe 
we might be able to accomplish this soon as we we see we have gotten a leader of the church who is completely working for our side in some ways he seems to realize it in other ways he does not seem to realize it but almost everything he does benefits us we don't know whether we'll be able to get him ultimately to issue a true change in the church's teaching which would almost destroy the enemy's plans for the church but we are hopeful that's just it according to the enemy that would be impossible but yet we seem to be accomplishing it so we're not sure how this is going to play out with this church leader uh but we are hopeful and the more we can do to convince the most number of people to a contracept b engage in pornography and make that excusable and c put off joining with a another human being the better off will be all these seems seem to be coming together and it's creating a general disdain for everything that makes a male a male not just in not just in individuals but culturally to where it's even a part of their their things like advertising and the uh the way they engage with each other in media it's it's saturated into everything we just got to keep pushing this uh do you have anything else to add on the subject of lust no i think you covered a lot <laughs> Okay. I guess we will then get into uh your specialties which are the uh unbodily temptations that we can use. Yes. So, okay. That was kind of chilling. Um and it shows you how vulnerable we are to the devil. Yeah. And our and his grand our design I mean, we grew up in a world where this stuff wasn't accessible to us at the ages of 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Yeah. But it's accessible to our children. So much can be warped. The the whole human experience is being warped right now. Yeah. To where men just... It's gotten to a point where men don't know how to be men. And the only place that should be able to show them is the exact opposite suddenly. The church yeah, is not able church. to demonstrate what a man is. Our bishops have, has become, have gotten gay. Yeah, that that's that's you know the the one image of manhood, you know, Christ on the cross, the modern church absolutely refuses to embrace. I mean, they'll say, "Oh yes, we embrace Christ on the cross," but they won't be Christ on the cross. Wait a minute. We can't say that. We get crucified for it. So we won't. Yeah. It's so sad. But I the fact is Jesus left us with a promise. Um it can't disappear altogether. Nope. Although, you know, I mean, you did you've made reference one or two times. It might be like 
the uh, the Temple of Jerusalem that that was lost for a time. Um, I don't want that to happen. Oh, that's but right. Yeah, we. we I keep thinking about that. It's not going to be like that. What, 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 who was the the king who found the the scrolls of, of Deuteronomy while trying to restore the temple? It was like Josiah or Hezekiah or somebody like that. Uh, you know, I thought it was I, Herod. I have a timeline of all the kings somewhere. I'll have to actually sit down and memorize those sometime. Mm-hmm. But I mean, when when Jesus uh, was approaching Jerusalem, he I can't remember the words of the gospel, but he kind of looked at it longingly. He wept uh, over it. Yeah. Yeah, he said, he, how, you know, how I have ha- how I, I have desired, like a mother hen gathering her chicks to gather you into my arms. And and it's not like, oh, I desired to do this, but I had to hold back. It's like, I desired to do this, but you wouldn't let me. Right. So this city, this group of this people that he had loved, uh, he allowed them to reject him. To the point where there almost was no Jerusalem for a time. Mm-hmm. And the, his church, who he loves, he will allow us to reject him for a time. I don't know what that will look like, but I know yeah. he will keep his promise. I just don't... I uh, We're at a point with this Pope that I just... I don't understand what what's happening. I don't, I don't I know. get it. That's because... You you can play all the the games of of logic that you want with with levels of magisterial authority and and expectations of infallibility and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you can play those games. You can split the hairs. You can you can divide and and uh, identify. Oh, this falls on the side of it hasn't violated you know indefectibility or not. But right. That if I, I mean, on the other hand, you shouldn't have to be that kind of person to be able to trust the church. We are in a situation now where the magisterial hierarchy of the church is leading the members of the church into moral error. That's a problem. I don't know how, how it resolves. I trust that it will resolve. I have trust in God. And I have trust in God's promise with regards to the church, but it is a problem. And it's um, it's one of those deals where you there's nowhere else for you to go. You yeah. can't I mean, act like well, like, oh, the answer okay. is join this, of this church, church or join that, that church. church. No, then it, you're not. It's kind of like it's kind of like if you know you've got a calculator and you find out that the calculator is giving you wrong answers somewhere. Well, okay, what do you do in that case? You throw it away. You get a different calculator. Okay, my Casio started telling me that 2 plus 3 is 8. I'm going to throw it away and go get a Texas Instruments or something like that. But, I mean, that's that's the right response. But with the church, if you, you know, there's some level at which you have to think, okay, whatever, I think that this thing is giving me the wrong answer, but I can't just throw it away. There's, there's no other calculator to buy here. So what I have to do is somehow look at the church not just as this magisterium in this particular time occupied by these particular men, but as a 2,000-year-old institution. And that's how I have to approach the church. And and when you do that and, and you accept what the church in that 2,000 years has given you, okay, 
then if there's something in the modern time, in the last 100 years, even 150 years, that seems to be at odds with it, you say, I don't know about that, but I know what the church has done for 2,000 years, and that's what I'm going to do. Right. And you wait for God the, to resolve the last 150 years. Because the, he will. The, we got to, I mean, we, biggest, we trust that. He will. We know that in The faith. biggest problem with this, though, is access to the sacraments. Mm-hmm. And the yes. way it's disappearing. And I, it's becoming I don't even know what harder. to say about that. I mean, Look how many. If you can't go to confession, what what do you do? If you can't, yeah, exactly. We can baptize, like, but but you know there have been other groups of Christians who have been in that kind of situation during the the times of persecutions and that kind of stuff. They might not have access yeah. to a priest for long periods of time. I thought, well, okay, then you trust God. Okay, you might sin, you might fall, you might you know do something, whether it's in anger or in lust or whatever. That you know is wrong, that places you outside of God's grace, but you come back to it, you beg God for his forgiveness, and then you trust that he's going to give you the mechanisms of the sacramental access to grace somehow in the rest of your life before you die or whatever. And and sometimes that's all, I mean, gosh, think of all the times in history when that's all people had was that hope. Well, we're not quite there yet. Right. So we, I, I think, you know, I think there's, you know, we're, we're still in a position where there's a lot to hope for. I personally see a lot of, um, think of it this way, the fact that the church hierarchy, the ones who clearly want the, uh, I don't know, the, the badly turned church, the, the Vatican II uh, fruits, the ones who think that the cool and groovy is the way to go. They are getting so angry and so frustrated at the way the church is actually going. That gives, right. That's what gives me hope. Right. It's like, okay, so they, they throw their tantrums and in their tantrums, they, you know, bring out Traditionis Custodes and stuff like that. But the fact that Traditionis Custodes is even there shows how much momentum there really is behind, for example, the old right. That yeah. the Pope is offended by and afraid of and so forth. Right. Yeah. Well, okay. So take that Why screw don't we tape. Talk... <laughs> yeah. Why don't we talk about news? Yeah, let's turn to current events. Uh, okay. Russian President Vladimir Putin uh, formally annexing a couple of the breakaways from uh, Ukraine. This this might be a bigger deal than most people think because Even bigger than maybe Ukraine. Yeah, because what happens here is I, I mean, I'm convinced Georgia. we have what, and now Ukraine. I'm convinced that we've got Americans on the ground in Ukraine. But Russia was winning very clearly, and something changed, and Ukraine seemed to be gaining ground back. So you think Ukraine is maybe like a new Vietnam? I think that's what's going on. But in this case, we're not fighting North Vietnam. We're fighting Russia. Yeah. And if we cross over into those annexed nations or states or whatever they are... um, Russia will see that as a a direct... That's an invasion. Yeah. Yeah. We're invading Russia then. Uh, This could get very dangerous... 
I don't, I don't see any liberals really talking about. They don't it. seem to understand what's going on here and how serious this is. I mean, we've spent fifty years uh, afraid of nuclear war, and now it's like within within two years, it's like we don't even worry about it anymore. It's like what's the big deal? Like daring it to happen. Yeah, it's crazy. That's, that's yeah, scary. That's that. The number of innocent lives. We could talk about our our uh, country's economy and the manufacturing uh, base and and all of that kind of stuff all day. But this this foreign affairs, foreign diplomacy, this is where we really need Donald Trump. Yeah. Opposed to Joe Biden. Yeah. It's a shame. Um. Yeah, okay. Lawyers for Maasai herders, which is a group of cattle herding, kind of a tribe of cattle herders in um, in Africa. Oh, okay. You said tribe. I was are, thinking American Indian? What are you talking about? No, no. This is okay. uh, All right, Tanzania. Got it. This is in Tanzania, and I don't mm-hmm. even know where that is. Tanzania? But, yeah. Yeah. So they are, they have been evicted from their ancestral land to make oh. room for a luxury game reserve. They're calling it a luxury game reserve. What it really is is a park. Mm-hmm. And this, I've I've said several times, this is happening all over in Africa. Uh, m- more and more land is confiscated as park land. And the people of that land are not allowed to use it the way we did, like, here in America. When like in America, we used. tended to grandfather in the use of the land to the people that were already there, didn't we? Yeah, but my, I guess my point is that it's becoming... Africa is a giant California. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Where they don't Which take care of the land. Because Africa's so much bigger than even California. Right. But it's it's mostly... you. Know, we, we talk about these... Uh, rebellions coming up and and these warlords but what these warlords are fighting is equally as bad and I don't know what the solution is in all these different countries in Africa and it's not like one solution fits all but if some of these countries uh, became like America I think I think there would be a new force to be reckoned with in the world I mean, they have resources beyond belief. The same as America, the same as China. They're just not using any of them. They won't dam any rivers. Wow. They won't... I mean, you know, they have areas that are uh, deserts that don't have to be deserts year-round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they could, could irrigate and... Right. <clears throat> dam rivers. It doesn't have to be the way it is. Right. But that would... That would mess up the patterns of the uh, lions and elephants and all the other things. And it's like, oh, well, so what? Gosh. Well, you know, that's that's one of the things. The wildebeest, happening you know? in the world is this increasing sense of um, we have to preserve everything the way it is. Yeah. Which, and which it's is like, so you know, weird. Because... Ecologies exist to take care of land and animals instead of human beings. When human beings move in, we're supposed to take care yeah. of it and not nature. Right. We should 
we can create little areas for the wildebeest to live in where they don't have to migrate. The migration hey, no. is just there to keep them alive. The whole the whole way we're doing this is stupid. And it's well, like and not the whole only that, crazy. But, okay, I agree. And it's oppressive. Is, I mean, you know, we're fallen, we're selfish, we'll get some things wrong. But not everything that even exists in nature needs to keep existing. Not every species has to continue. Right. I, I mean, it's funny because those who are going to be the quickest to point out how stupid, for example, um, anti-evolution Christian thinkers are, which I, you know, I, you know, yeah. we, we've talked a little bit about it on the show. I personally am, you know, kind of, you know, I'm on the side of, yeah, okay, yeah, evolution, I get it. You know, it, it kind of makes sense. I, 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 from a theological point of view, I think, yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense. But the the people who are most likely to say, oh yeah, you Christian anti-evolutionist, you idiots, are the same ones who are going to say. We have to preserve absolutely everything. We can't let evolution happen. We can't let yeah. evolution extinct a species. Even the yeah, evolution crazy. of man. It's nonsensical. It's illogical. Insane. Um, I don't... I, this caught my eye. The French author Annie Ernaux, Ernaux, I don't know how to... E R N A U X. So that's French, but I don't know what that would sound like. E E R N A U X. Erno. That could be. Erno. I don't um, know. It's okay. Let's she's given a Nobel Prize in literature. For what? The courage and clinical acuity with which she uncovers the roots, estrangements, and collective restraints of personal memory. That is the dumbest thing I've just. What does that I, mean? I, <laughs> I don't what know. What does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. She must have done something really stupid and they're celebrating it. I'll bet I'll bet if you looked into her you'd find out she was she did something very liberal. I'll bet. That, that is so I weird. No what idea is that what even, that that's even like mean? saying I'm gonna get a Nobel Prize for the redness with which I house wildebeest hoofbeats. Yeah. It's dumb. <laughs> that's it so doesn't stupid. make any sense at all. <laughs> Um, Hurricane Ian's death toll uh, is at 130, um, making it the 24th deadliest hurricane in U.S. history. That's pretty significant. That is significant, but it's not the kind of thing where you would say, see, see, climate change. No. I mean. Because obviously we've had much more deadly ones before. Right. And much more powerful ones. Yeah. By the way, do you, uh, somebody, like, I don't know the actual numbers, so I'm not going to say them, but I know that people will be surprised who kind of have this um, elevated concept of what a nuclear bomb is. Go look up the amount of energy released in a nuclear explosion versus the amount of energy released in a, uh, a moderate hurricane. Well, There's yeah, no, but it... I mean, moderate hurricane though. is way more energy. Yeah, I know, but but the bomb is all at once. Well, yeah, I know. So more destructive. <laughs> but but a hurricane is still a fairly short-term event. You know, it's yeah. like over the course of a few days. Right. Uh, Joe Biden announces he will pardon anyone who was convicted on prior prior federal charges 
or who was convicted in the District of Columbia for marijuana possession. I don't know what he's trying to do there. He thinks he's going to be, like, everybody's going to think he's cool. Remember all the people that, uh, Trump took an honest stab at trying to reform our, our, uh, legal system. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he was honestly interested in not having good people go to jail. Yeah. And I, this is just dumb. This is this, this is just Joe Biden trying to buy votes yeah. or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> There's a difference between, oh, I'm going to grant a presidential pardon right before the election, or at least announce a grant of presidential pardon, and trying yeah. to reform the system. Yeah. Two people are killed, six others injured in a mass stabbing in the Las Vegas Strip. Uh, it seemed to be mostly... Um, I, I guess there are showgirls that you can have your picture taken with, and some guy was asking to have his picture taken with girls, and then he would stab them. Whoa! Yikes. Um, so I, I, you know, I went to the news report on this, and everybody kept describing the situation. Nobody was describing the perpetrator. The guy turned out he yeah. was black, didn't it? No, he was Mexican, maybe some oh, kind of Asian. Okay. Immigrant status. Okay, that's right. Yeah. That's the it, new, that's it the looks new, like uh, he was an immigrant. Golden child is immigrants, not blacks. Yeah. So but they I guess I guess they did find him. Um So what was there's his something deal? going on in I, I he said he was uh he seemed to be just crazy. Oh, okay. <laughs> Taken out his anger. I, I don't well, understand what his poor girls deal did. Was. So, so did the girls that he stabbed die, or did they? Two survive? of them died. Two yeah. died. Six others are injured. Three of them are critically injured. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Netherlands and France urge their citizens to leave Iran. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the Canadian government permanently bans um, IRGC, which is some kind of Islamic. Iranian group from oh, okay. Canada. Uh, the Iranian embassy in Denmark is attacked. Uh, I guess there was. By like I don't know what happened of, here. Of, yeah, I guess armed intruder damages several vehicles in the parking lot. So I, oh, I don't okay. know. So it's it probably seemed, a lone guy. Yeah, something seems to be building in Iran, though. Yeah. Um. But, I mean, you remember, it was like Americans were trying to push Trump into going to war with Iran, and he wasn't falling for it. Yeah. So now that we this got Biden like a in, rejuvenation of that? I, I think it is. But what's... I think I, Americans... I never I understood I what was quite behind it then. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Iraq, I kind of got a little bit. <clears throat> it's not a good place, but... Could it be that we attacked Iraq and then our plan was to build it as a force? Uh, we were nation to oppose building Iran? to oppose and Iran. That fell through because nation building does not work. Right. Which is weird because during the uh, when during George Bush versus Al Gore debates, uh-huh. um, George Bush several times said, "I don't believe in nation building." <laughs> and then he kind That's of exactly went what he down did. That, that rabbit hole, didn't he? Yeah. Um, so I guess the Cromanian Bridge was blown up. Oh. And 
Putin is saying that this was an act of terrorism by Ukraine and the West. Oh wow! So he's he's building his case for aggression against. You know, when they say the West, they mean America. Yeah, or Europe. I mean, they yeah maybe Europe, but on, can you see the EU getting into that? I don't. I don't know. Um, but you know, I with know that Britain out of the EU, I could see us aligned with Britain to do something. Russian troops seem to be gathering in Belarus. And, uh, yeah. Now, they, Ukraine had taken, uh, Kiev back. Yeah, yep. Uh, but they seem to be getting ready to launch another attack on that. Um, and it seems like it's coming, it's going to come from Belarus. Um, Poland advises its citizens to leave Belarus. Uh, thousands of Russian troops enter Belarus by trainload um I, I guess we'll we'll see what happens there i don't know what to say about it it's this whole thing is such a mess we should have no part in this whatsoever nope. yeah we should be, we should be avoiding this um okay nasa nasa news hold on i'm trying to make my uh my bullet points do the right thing. Uh, NASA says that its DART spacecraft has successfully altered the orbit of a 520-foot in diameter asteroid by around wow. 30 minutes. Wait, wait, orbit minutes. around the sun or around? I see. That's what I don't get. Let here. Let's look up the name of this asteroid, which is Dimorphos. D-I-M-O-R-P-H-O-S. Dimorphos. Uh, and this is a planet. This is a minor planet, Moon. Oh, so it's a huge asteroid. Yeah, it forms a binary system. It has a. Wonder what binary what the heck system was orbit. I don't understand that. I'm looking for the orbit of Dimorphos. Uh, yeah. No, I can't seem to find it. A minor planet moon of the near-Earth asteroid Didymos, which forms a binary... Oh, okay, so it's so large that the two of them... It's a moon, but they really form a binary system. Oh, okay. With Didymos... I see. Yeah, with, with Didymos... The, and it's it says it's a near Earth asteroid, but I so I guess it does travel around the sun. It travels around the sun. The, but as the two a of double, them kind of okay. around each other, or then around the sun. I see. And we were able to change the orbit of Dimorphos with an impact, and it I it says changed it by thirty two minutes. I guess it, it had a faster orbit after we did this. Oh, okay. And a, and a tighter orbit. Consequently, so it's closer yeah, to the closer asteroid. to Didymus. I don't know. I, I guess I, I could see why we'd want to do all this stuff. But to be honest, I just don't think it's something we have to worry about. Well, it's not something we have to worry about, but looking to the future, I mean, thinking in terms of like, like Trump's... Um, Space Force and stuff like that. Yeah. If we want to get into things like uh, asteroid mineral mining and that sort of thing, 
we have to be able to to know confidently how to affect the orbits of masses like we do anything on earth it doesn't matter what you do on earth you're not going to change the orbit you can launch the largest nuclear uh arsenal all at once on the same side of the earth and you're not going to affect its orbit but that's not the the same for asteroids so to know that we can confidently predict what something we do is going to do to the orbit of these things i think is pretty critical I guess so if we, if you're looking at it from that end. I'm thinking that the way they sell this is that if there's a giant asteroid headed towards Earth, we can push it off course. Oh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't think that's even an issue. <laughs> okay. I, I, I see what you're a, saying. From a manipulation than from a safety issue. <laughs> right. As, as we dig deeper into space exploration, yeah, this would be very useful to be able yeah. to do these kinds of things. Um, okay. Well, that's pretty cool then. Well, that's all the news I got. All right. Well, a couple of nonsense news stories. Uh, one, uh, apparently park officials in Pennsylvania are struggling to deal with warning signs that have been put up about Bigfoot activity. Uh, they're trying to make it clear that they are not concerned about Bigfoot because, quote, Bigfoot isn't real. Uh, various signs state that there have been encounters in the area, and these signs are urging visitors to respect the elevated parking etiquette. I guess that means like putting your food up like, high and be aware of your minute. surroundings and keep the location of small children and pets within a narrow range of awareness. They also no, respect warn, the elevated parking etiquette is like um, that's like for bears, right? No parking. Your cars. There's more parking. There's more cars there, I think. Because people oh, the are there elevated. To, uh, so what is the elevated parking etiquette? Where, how would that affect Bigfoot? I, I don't think it would. It's just like, hey, guys, be nice. There's more of you now because you're all out chasing Bigfoot. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. I see. Yeah. So be aware elevated of each numbers, don't... not like elevation. Yeah. I was thinking like parking your food at your campsite. Okay. Yeah, I okay. think that's Yeah, that makes more sense. Maybe. Anyway, the park officials are like, yeah, I don't know what these signs are about. You know, this reminds me of when I first moved back to Indiana from Michigan. And a couple of my sons were, we enrolled them in the um, Westfield uh, public school system up in like kind of the north side of Indianapolis. Yeah. And uh, for whatever reason, I needed to get, you know, something from the Westfield side, you know, like look up some counselor or something to, to try to arrange like academic schedules or whatever it was, I forget. But I went to the Westfield Public School news site and the news story was that there have not been any sightings of clowns on the Westfield School campus. Oh, yeah, that, I remember that. I think it's we like, even talked about it. Yeah. I, did, I, did I talk at about the that time, in the podcast before? It's like, what, what do you mean? Time, why, why are you reporting that there's no no clowns? I mean, are you going to report Everybody that there's... Everybody was... There's no Bigfoot. Yeah. Uh, uh, or, I'm yeah. Here to or are you going to report that, that there's no ostriches running around or something? <laughs> that yeah. was just completely... <laughs> and then later I learned that there was this like urban legend thing about clowns showing up yeah i don't know it was hurting silly. people or whatever i don't know so anyway 
Pennsylvania park officials have not been the ones putting up Bigfoot signs. If you are a uh, hiking in Pennsylvania and you see Bigfoot related signs, those are not official. Good to know. Good to know. All right. So, um, PayPal, <laughs> I guess, tried to roll out a, uh, I don't know, a, a system where they would find people for what they would consider to be misinformation. I guess yeah, they, they roll out that. this, this, uh, you know how like when you sign up with services online and that kind of stuff, you always have to sign yeah. and agree to this, this user, uh, uh, user agreement and that kind of stuff. Well, they had, um, put into it a, uh, provision that if you used their website to, or not if you used their website, if you used PayPal to disseminate, I guess maybe like by selling material or something to disseminate misinformation, um, I thought it was like specifically for COVID, but this news story doesn't say that they would uh, have the right to fine you up to $2,500 per incident by directly pulling that money from your linked bank accounts, credit cards, etc. Yeah. They just take your money. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what you authorize them to do anyway. Just take your money. So anyway, uh, somebody, caught wind of it and said, what's this about? They said, oh, it was a mistake. We didn't mean to do that. We're not going to do that. Um, they could take all my money. You actually have a PayPal I mean, thing? YouTube. Yeah, I use PayPal all the time, constantly. Oh, I never use it. I ran into an incident with them long, long ago. So, like, mm-hmm. I had a PayPal account set up, and it had a password, and it had an associated... Uh, email address and the email address was you know because back then you didn't have like gmail and stuff like that your email address was an email address that was given to you by your internet service provider when you moved your email address changed the same way your phone number changed because your isp changed so i had an email address and i had a password which i had forgotten and so I moved and I had to get, you know, something with PayPal. Well, it also was linked to, I forget whether it was like the credit card or my social security number or some, some other thing that I could not change about myself. And because yeah. they had that linked in, I couldn't remember the password, so I couldn't get in to do anything with it. I didn't have access to that email again. So they couldn't send me a, like a confirmation link email kind of thing that I could get to. And I couldn't just start a brand new PayPal account because it was linked to something about myself that I could not change. And even after calling and trying to call the PayPal company, there ended up ultimately being no way that they could resolve it. That was, and this was years ago. A couple decades ago, probably. That's when I decided yeah. I will never use PayPal again. I never have used it again in terms of me having a personal account with them. And I've never regretted it. Hmm. I, I thought say, anybody I, who I, is that stupid in terms of how they engineered how it works, they're not going to get my uh, patronage. That's 
All right. Back anyway, when Elon Musk was running it. Apparently, Elon Musk has it now. So who knows? I, I don't. Maybe no. it'll improve, but I'm not going to hold my breath. He, you, no, you're not <clears> listening. What's that? That was back when Elon Musk. Oh, that was, was back it. when he had. So I don't know. What, was Elon Musk involved in PayPal like back 20, 25 years ago? Right before it became PayPal, it was bought out by. I don't know exactly how it worked, but Elon Musk owned a company, and I think another company bought it, and it became PayPal. Oh, so like he sold it to somebody, something like that. Yeah, I see. So huh. I, I don't know what his. It was something like that, but Elon um, Musk is a, a. You know, we had to do a show on Elon Musk sometime. I don't know if he has anything to do with Catholic things, but. It's like he's a weird he's bird. It's like I think he's a moron. I don't know why everybody's so infatuated with the command. Well, he he, I think what's attractive about him is that he proposes a whole bunch of stuff that that he says we don't need the to wait for the government to do this. Let's just do it. I do like that. It's just that some of the things he proposes are <laughs> preposterous and impossible. And I know, but if if you don't propose the preposterous, you, you don't move beyond that. You know, I think I think that's yeah, part of the attraction. Okay. I guess so. It's just it's like dare to fail a few times, like like Fulton's fall. He thought he like was going to be the first person to emigrate to Mars. Mars, you know? I know. <laughs> okay, that's just dumb. Okay, so we have one emigrant on Mars <laughs> from Earth. <laughs> yeah, have fun there. <laughs> <laughs> the billionaire on Mars, Martian billionaire. Uh, the 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 whole thing with the Tesla. I, I'm I see no reason to move beyond until they come up with a better battery technology. I see no reason to move beyond uh, the internal Gasoline combustion engines. engine. Yeah, actually, just, I, it doesn't I think, make any I sense. I think it would be cooler and neater and better. If we if if the whole industry had gone more diesel than gasoline, um, yeah. But otherwise, I agree with the, you. But here's the, the thing. Yeah. Here's the thing. The the Elon the Tesla vision is going to be the thing that drives the improvement of battery technology. Yeah. I you don't see know. what I mean? We, that that's look. the kind of thing. No, that I don't. It's like we don't account don't for those it. things. I'm sorry, I disagree. The <clears throat> Elon, the the Tesla vision is uh, let's use a bunch of government money to make this car cheaper, so that. But they didn't do it. They <laughs> no, it's not cheaper. What was it? A bunch of it's government not money? Cheaper. It's not better either. Was it? A yeah, bunch of it's all government money. money. You know, yeah, here, it's all here's one of the money. things that that was interesting. So, like. And somebody told me this, uh, who was with me on that um, that pilgrimage to Ireland. So there was the um, like major flooding or some 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 kind of thing in some area. I forget where it was. And the cars that uh, you know, there's fewer like so-called fueling pumps for electric cars than there are for like gasoline cars and stuff. And everybody knows gasoline cars typically have a, a much longer range on a fill-up than an electric car does. Well, this became kind of a crisis because electrical cars, because of 
uh, whatever crises were being caused by the flood, like the inavailability of filling stations and stuff like that, they were breaking down, de- you know, like they were stopping in the middle of the road. Yeah. Well, so from, I'll have to research this, find out what, what the real story is, because this is just, you know, a, a sort of anecdotal recounting by a guy that I was talking to. But according to this guy's accounting, or recounting of it, basically Tesla, the company, through their satellite system by which they communicate with all their cars, sent some kind of update or signal that simply allowed them to now use reserve power that was already in their batteries to extend their ranges. Now... Well, that's dumb. Why wouldn't... Why wouldn't they just wouldn't put they it anyway? all there to begin with? But here's the thing. I'm giving it okay, all. Okay, if you think Captain, of it as a as an I electric car, if I push it any car, further, the whole thing will blow. What's that? I'm giving it all she's got, Captain. Oh, yeah. If I push it any farther, <laughs> the whole thing will blow. <laughs> That's right, Scotty. But here's the thing: if you think of that in terms of 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 Tesla and electric cars, okay. But those who think of that as a Tesla problem. Um, are missing the point because the real point is that every modern made car out there has the ability to receive that kind of information that would be able to cause it to say, you know what? Okay. In this case, it was keep working, even though we had designed you to not work. But what if they could send out a signal that says stop working, even though we designed you to work? Yeah, that's what... That's why I don't like these computerized cars. I don't. Well, you know, I don't like giving uh, anyone the ability to suddenly turn me off. That's why I like the the old pre nineteen eighty cars, pre nineteen ninety cars, whatever. Yeah. But you know, the the guy who was the electrical um, engineering, uh, you know, chief electrical engineer or whatever it is at um, the company I, I worked for previous to where I am now. Um, any time that he bought a new car, and he he was you know he was like like in the like a big part of the process of like like rolling out like navigation technologies and that kind of stuff. It's not like he was an idiot or anything like that. He he was he was part of the builder of the infra- infrastructures. But when he personally bought a new car, he would not take acceptance of that car until. The dealer removed the communication module from that car and put it in his hand. Huh. It's like, wow, that's what I should do. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so moving on from uh, from those things. Um, so <laughs> I tried to think of a word for how stupid this lawsuit is. Um, a fellow named Philip White is suing. So, so there's this this hot sauce called Texas Pete. You know, Texas supposed Pete to be real hot, hot whatever. Okay. He's suing the company that makes Texas Pete because he's saying that the name of the product misled him into believing that the product was a Texas cuisine when in fact it was developed and is made by a company in North Carolina. I wonder if he's a lawyer or if he obtained a lawyer to do this. Is yeah? Is this like, like, 
somebody is like out there thinking, okay, let's let's figure out all the stupid lawsuits that we can do, and if we file a thousand of them, and only a hundred and fifty of them end up paying out, we'll have made money. Is that what this business yeah. model is? It could be. You know, I knew uh, I was listening to a talk show, and a guy called in. He was an old old lawyer. Mm-hmm. And he said during the Great Depression, he would go through the obituaries and just call the estate owners, the 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 estate, uh, whatever, the people who control the estate. Oh, right, right. Yeah, one yeah. after another. Right, the executor. And just call them all and say, look, I'm suing you for $500. And it would cost them... Up to seven or eight hundred dollars to fight to him. dispute it. Yeah, even though, yeah, and and so a lot of them would just go ahead and fork over the five hundred dollars. Wow. Okay. Just because he made it just enough to where it would cost them more money to fight it. <laughs> yeah, that's that. You know, having been not the executor, but but help helping with like two different estates. Yeah, I can totally get that because. Unless you've really read into it and understand, you know, how things work, you, you would easily think, oh, gosh, shoot, this is another bill. I guess I got to pay it to close the estate or I have to fight it or whatever. Um, yeah, or that, not that only that, but it's work. like, uh, I mean, you just want the pain to end as fast as you can, even if you know that the entire thing is bogus. It's bogus, yeah. And he's pulling it out of his hat. So. Exactly. It's a shame that there are people who are able to do yeah. this and not suffer consequences. Like, look, you're wasting everyone's time. You're going to get charged. That's what should happen in a case like this. I know. That's And a few people have, have proposed, you know, it's called tort reform for stuff yeah. like that. Well, this Philip White problem ought to be is, a victim of, not victim. He ought to be the a, a subject of tort reform. <laughs> Yeah, I know, but the, I think the tort reform that they're proposing is false. I don't think it actually does reform tort. No, what um, it makes what it makes often is it makes it harder for a guy who doesn't have access to a lot of money to get justice when he really deserves it. Right, and it makes companies who, when you're dealing with a company, the only uh, consequence for any of their action is payout yeah that's you're limited to that nobody's going to go to jail for killing a bunch of people nope and it's and and not only that but they're also not addressing things like company a kills a bunch of people and then a bunch of other people start suing company a and company a turns into company b oh right 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 yeah and it's like Oh, no, it's like company A dissolves that and, was them. and magically company B springs up. Oh, it's all the same people. Yeah. Yeah. There there's, doesn't seem to be any account for that. And it's like, I just, I, I tort reform sounds like a good idea, but I don't think it's. Yeah, but you know, this guy, is. Philip White, he's the, he's the kind of reason why people begin to think we need tort reform. I know. I, I mean, I, I don't know what, what the answer is, but right. it's like, okay, this is the guy that is really mucking it up for the other little guys who have a real complaint. 
I'm going to sue Texas Pete because I thought that their stuff uh, was hot made sauce in Texas. Was, <laughs> no, I I thought it was it's, made in every Ohio. Every single bottle comes with a statement that it's made in North Carolina. I thought it was made in Ohio. Texas Pete? I wonder if I could sue him for that. Yeah. Shoot. So, yeah. Hey, I thought you were made in Ohio. I'm going to sue you because you're made in North Carolina. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crazy stuff. All right. Uh, okay. I've got one more. Uh, you can change the uh, the label of this one if you want because it's... <laughs> I just, you know... <laughs> It just seemed obvious to me, but a fellow from uh, New York uh, City is charged, um, I guess this last Tuesday, uh, with smuggling three pythons into the United States in his pants. In his pants? In his pants. Now, wait a minute. Um, now, we did a snake smuggling one before. Yeah. There was a, there's a whole bunch of reptiles. Like a, yeah. But this a, is... Those were lizards, though. I think those were like Gila monsters. Also. Yeah, I think they were but, lizards. But well, this is three snakes from Canada. Thing is, a, a why, python. A python is a um, constrictor. We right? have, yeah, we have Burmese pythons. What you mean? You can in the get United a Burmese States python in in the U.S. You can get a Burmese python. Yeah, but I their importation is still controlled by international by. Uh, Regulation, yeah, not international regulation, but uh, customs regulations in the United States. Twenty years. I guess there's also an international treaty. That's dumb. What's that? Twenty years for sneaking a couple snakes in. Oh. Twenty years and two hundred fifty thousand dollars. That's so out of proportion. Proportion to. to the... But here's the thing: it's it's twenty years, two hundred fifty thousand dollars for violation of biological import law and Burmese okay. snakes not a big deal the law itself or the 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 list and the regulation of in the law maybe ought to be changed but when you look at the the havoc that's that gets wreaked by some of the other like invasive yeah. species that get brought in by violating those laws it's like okay you you understand yeah. it a little bit that, yeah, that's you're my right. position on it. Yeah, there are rivers overcrowded with fish that were never meant to be in that river. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I, I think those things probably work themselves out eventually. But, you know, the dang on ladybug problem is oh, getting out yeah. of hand. Uh, but things like that. Um, but the people who make the laws they need are to stay also up to date with the them. ones responsible for introducing things like ladybugs, you yeah, know? Yeah, exactly. I and mean, it's the like, thing well, is, it's it, the Burmese python is designated as potentially harmful to humans. Okay, that's not really a big deal in terms of, like, biological import-export. Yeah, I think I mean, I that, that's Burmese not, like, python. invasive species level of danger. Yeah. Hold on. I would. I think I might have a Burmese python. I have, have some kind of like python in your house. Yeah, in a in a uh, cage. Bella has one. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're right. you were telling python. me about that. But how I don't big? know what kind it is. But how big is it? Does it get? I don't know how big it's going to get. Uh, I would say it's about. Um, 
I don't. You know what? I haven't gone up there and seen it lately. <laughs> I have no idea. That's like that's it like eats with uh, Charlie's lizard. I haven't gone in the basement to see it. Yeah, yeah I think I, it's like two and a half feet long now. It's a big old lizard. Yeah, it's gonna get up to six feet. He said. I don't understand the 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 point of uh, reptile pets. I don't either. I really don't. But but Charlie Why? swears that there is a personality in them that is fun to watch develop. I know. Funner than a dog? Come on. Well, I don't even like dogs. I hate having a dog as a pet. I mean, I, we've got a dog and I take I care of it and stuff. I just like watching babies I, <laughs> develop into Yeah, I don't... Uh, I don't... <laughs> like, I have a dog. I like having a dog. Mm-hmm. But the dog knows that we don't interact. I don't pet the dog. I let the dog out and I clean oh, up its Oh, right, right, right. You don't have the same way. I take the but dog I do not out, play I feed the with dog, the dog. and the dog obeys me completely. Right. Even more than it obeys the kids that interact with the dog. It's weird. Yeah. But, you know, and I will say this. Of all the animals that, that people kind of end up interacting with, because people have, you know, cats as pets and then other things, the birds, yeah. stuff like that. And all of these animals have, like, amazing brains. I think of, think of birds. Yeah. And how far, like a robin will lay its eggs in a nest, and then when the eggs hatch, the, the robin will go find food for the young and fly all over the place and somehow always be able to navigate back to exactly where that nest is with a brain that's that's like a size of a peanut or something like that. Right. I, I, don't, well, know, I don't know like how that the, even happens, uh, but it the happens. Penguins. It's amazing. The penguins who leave their young, go fishing, come back into a group of 200,000 other baby <clears throat> penguins and find its young to feed. Yeah, like that. That's okay, insane. but here's the thing. Dog, among all those amazing animals, dogs are the ones that, in my opinion, have, I don't know what it is, and, and I don't buy it as, as like real, like emotional interaction, but they seem to have the ability to do facial expressions that right. interact with humans. Right. I don't get it. And I think the, uh, the, the demons were talking about that with uh, the 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 way the females seem to uh, uh, oh yeah with, use them with, as substitutes uh, pets for and children. Stuff that I think dog. But here's what's here's what's weird, and 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 I hope I I don't know if the demons have figured this out or not. It's weird that I think for some reason men seem if they're going to have pets more attracted to dogs, and women seem if they're going to have pets more attracted to cats cats are emotionally less interactive they don't have those facial expressions and stuff yeah but anyway whatever that is all the news i have okay but we do have a bible trivia all right let's see what we can do okay let me roll the die comes up with number four number four is People. Well, it says P. People I think that's in the people. Bible. Oh, yeah, people. Place. No, no, places. Okay. Okay, places. Number four is places. <laughs> How much have you had to drink? Just the one glass of beer. Why? All right. Am I talkative? Yeah, but then you couldn't tell the difference between places and people. I'm not. I look. I I scrolled down the thing on the actual card, and all it says is P. 
Oh, okay. All right. And then I looked at so the we're doing actual places. key code, and it's, oh, that's places, not people. Okay. Okay. Nathaniel. Nathaniel. Looks like an I, but it's, I think it's an L. It's N A T H A N A E L. That's a weird spelling. Doubted if any good thing could come out of what city? I think this is New Testament. I think I know what this is referring to, and I think it's New Testament. Uh, I've got my answer in my head. What do you think? Any good thing can come out of what city? He, he doubted if any good thing could come out of what city. I I don't know. I have no idea. What if I I, I haven't looked at the back yet? But what if I suggested New Testament instead of Old Testament? Can any good thing come out of what city? Then does that come anything bring anything to mind? Rome. I don't think it's Rome. I don't know who Nathaniel is. Okay. Uh. I didn't know who Nathaniel was either, but I remember somebody asking the question in the New Testament, and the answer is Nazareth. John one forty six. Huh. I'm going to go ahead and pull up the uh, the actual um, part here. Come on. Okay, John one. So this is when Jesus calls Philip and Nathaniel. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And to understand that... All of Gal- Nazareth is in the region called Galilee, and all of Galilee is kind of like, um, kind of like bumpkin country. It's kind of like, uh, okay. it's kind of like, like if, can you anything know, good if, if come somebody, out of North Dakota? Think of like if if somebody said of Bill Clinton, "Hey, he's the savior," and somebody said, "Could any good thing come out of Little Rock?" It's kind of like that. Yeah. Okay. Because Nazareth is kind of like we might think, or uh, Galilee rather, is like we might think of Arkansas. Anyway. Okay. That is the Bible trivia for today. And with that, I am out of things to say. All right. Well, folks, think about what we said and look forward next week to uh, Screwtape Part 3, where the demons discuss the... the more mental temptations of the mind that they are throwing at us. Pride, envy, um, greed. This is a big deal because it's a different sort of temptation for demons. They understand pride and probably not greed. Not greed vanity. so much, but pride and envy certainly. And, and wow, as yeah. we will learn, they really know how to manipulate us. Yeah. So, uh, think about what we said, and as always... Go raw and circle the beads. Bye, everyone.